You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. At the top of the hour this hour, the ICCA finals are mostly set. The annual collegiate competition season, centered mostly on the international competition of collegiate acapella, is nearing its end, with the finals set for April 22nd, and it's going to be quite an international competition this year, with at least two groups from outside the U.S. competing, the University of Bath Aquapella from the U.K. and the University of Waterloo Waterboys from Canada. Joining them will be groups like Voices in Your Head from the University of Chicago and the Scattertones from UCLA. There are also new faces like University of Washington's Fermata and the Tosin University Trills. The Beacon Theater will feature quite a great show coming up on April 22nd. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Talk Acapella, Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. I'm your host, John Lampus, and today I am joined by Stephen Lanza. Is that right? Stephen Lanza? Correct. Correct. Yep, got okay, it. got the name right. I always am like, wait, did I ask them how to pronounce their last name? And this time it was all right. So that's, we're off to a good start then. Stephen, tell us what you do in acapella. Give us, you have a lot of experience and just give us the whole spiel. Tell us who you are. Oh gosh, I go all over the place. Uh, <laughs> you know, mine, uh, mine started like any others, you know, you kind of start in college. Uh, yep. I started at the University of Missouri. Uh, that's where I first learned all about acapella and kind of got started with that. Mm-hmm. I was in a group there called Ad Nine, which was the all men's uh, group on campus. Mm-hmm. From there, I also wound up in Hit Street Harmony, which was the group through the School of Music. Uh, mm-hmm. From there, you know, I graduated out as a graduate of Ad Nine, a graduate of Hit Street Harmony, and uh, the number one fan of the women's group, the Naturels. <laughs> at which point, <laughs> I, I like that name. Isn't it a great name? It's a, it's a good, we had a whole episode actually about naming and I'm usually not a pun guy. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. And a surprisingly unused pun. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, cause everyone thinks flats and sharps, but no one thinks of like natural as being like, you don't say like, Hey, that's a, like random music. People don't talk about like non-music people know what a natural is. I digress. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so from there I wound up, uh, uh, out here in Madison, Wisconsin, I was in a group for a while that was uh, the Ambulatones, which most people highly have heard them, is mm-hmm. actually more in that tacapella uh, genre where yeah. it's, uh, you know, one of those through a company. So I was at a company called Epic Systems, uh, where, again, we were, you know, another acapella group of that kind of same nature in the same way that Twitter has the songbirds and Dropbox has yeah. InSync. Uh, so it was that kind of... that. Uh, stream and then from there i actually wound up meeting and the main reason i'm on here is i met um the editor-in-chief of the recorded acapella review board uh kim sailor and rarb as everybody kind of calls it (laughs) uh so of course in meeting her she found out very quickly that i was a very extreme acapella nerd and at which point she was like you know maybe you should come out and you know interview for the board and see if you want to become a writer for us and Sure enough, that's where I am right now. I am now one of the writers for the Recorded Acapella Review Board. I review, oh, probably about, um, well, it's really hard to tell, but I've done, I think, 27 albums mm-hmm. at that's... this point. I've been, in, I've been in a group, I've been a member of the board for about a year and a half at this point. And so a lot I've gotten, of albums. It is. Uh, you know, we kind of tailor it a little bit and you say, let's 
you want to get one every other week mm-hmm. and it's you know some people are able to just crank them out i i get lucky where you know i have a long enough commute to work that i can you know ah. put in the album i can put in the album and on the way to work and on the way back i can get through the entire album That's and then you clever. do that you do that for a week and then you get to the end of the week and you go Okay, now let's write the, let's write this review. Okay, dude, that's man. I want to be I want to be doing that. Okay, tell us like what is what's an average day for you? So apparently, okay, you start your commute and you're uh, you listen to an album. Like what what is it like just being there at Rarb and what what is the average day for you? Well, uh, Rarb is it's an all volunteer thing. You mm-hmm. can none of us. Well, by coincidence, you know. Uh, the editor-in-chief and I, we live about 15, 20 miles apart from each other. Mm, that's convenient. Yeah, that's uh, we met in person, but a lot of us, we're all over the place. Um, so there's some of us on the East Coast, the West Coast. Um, you go all over the place. and So therefore, it's, it is uh, how you want it to be. Yeah. Um, but what happens is a group will say, they'll email the board itself and say, hey, we have this new album, or maybe it's this new single or whatever you want to do, if it's an album, EP, uh, they will send it out and they'll say, you know, we want to do this and you submit all the information and then they just send it out. They send out uh, three copies. They, mm-hmm. or I guess it's five, really. Um, they'll send one to the editor-in-chief and one to uh, Marcus, or Michael, sorry, he's... M names. They're uh, all the yeah, same. They, they, all have, they all have names. <laughs> they all have names. Michael Marcus. That's what that's the problem right there. Uh, so they'll send it out to them, and then they'll send it to three reviewers. And at which point, you know, we review it and we give all the value, all the songs on the album. We give it a score from one to five, and then we also have like the broad stroking categories: the overall review for the album, how's the sound quality, how are the soloists, production value, yeah, tuning blend, uh, repeat listenability, all that stuff. Okay, so like. What, so what what are the what can you name all those one more time? What are all the the broad stroke categories? Uh, let me pull up a review real quick. That way I don't miss it. one. Uh, so it's going to be tuning and blend, energy and intensity, innovation, soloists, sound and repeat listenability. So there's six categories. Okay, you know what? Let's go through them. Okay, what was the first one one more time? Tuning. Tuning. Okay, tuning and blend. That's that's pretty simple. Do you tend to because you know I did. Uh, definitely not writing reviews, but uh, when I started here at uh, Acapella, before I started Tacapella, I would just listen to songs, you know, that uh, we'd choose whether or not, hey, is this good enough to be on the radio or whatnot. And for us, or at least, I'm sorry, for me, if it was even just like, if it was kind of pitchy, that was like the first thing where I'm just like, nope, uh, this, this, there's no way we, we can put this on. Uh, for me, I feel like tuning is, um, I mean, obviously it's the kind of the, the, standard we're all trying to hit we're all trying to start a song in tune and end it in tune so what is like your criteria when listening to something whether it goes uh whether it stays in tune or not because there's the idea of like well it's okay as long as they're in tune with each other whether they go flat or sharp or no it has to say the whole tuning tuned the whole way through or is it auto-tuned to the point where they don't sound like voices because i think those are a couple of the different uh kind of interpretations you can put uh and kind of examples that you get when listening to a piece's tuning you know you're right. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of things. That is kind of a hard thing. A lot of times to grade how do you do tuning, especially with auto-tune and pitch correction yeah. being so in the norm nowadays. Yeah. So therefore, a lot of times I never think tuning because you listen and just go, okay, this is tuned. Like mm-hmm. you don't, very rarely do you think of that. 
Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a bit more, you're going to have a bit more time when it's like a live album and yeah. a very live album. Uh, those you'll hear <laughs> especially. Did you, just, um, did you just say very live album? Yes. <laughs> like you can, well, <laughs> you, there's like two kinds of live here. You can do yeah. live in the studio, which is everybody recorded simultaneously. Yeah. And we've done stuff like that. And then I have seen at least one album this is way before my time, but the Buffalo Chips, you know, they just recorded yeah. their spring concert and put it on. Oh, uh, well, I guess, yeah, that's, or, that is very yeah. live. Groups have done it. Um, very live. Another, uh, Psalm 100 from UNC, I think, they kind of started the next trend, mm, which is that? in the same stream. Well, it's in, in the same stream as Ripcord from Elon did, is they actually would take their concert and they would put microphone, all the microphones, because nowadays everybody gets microphones, yeah. and they put that through the soundboard. Yeah, that's... And so they released yeah. an entire album that's that's in that stream of very live, and you can you can listen to it, and you go, there's no auto-tuning on this one. There's, there's nothing. It is just them, and it's really kind of cool to see it. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you, So what would you rate higher? Ones that are, quote-unquote, very live, but, like, also well done and in tune and, uh, you know, impressive? Or would you – or kind of the safer in-studio, uh, pro- uh, more technologically, um, you know, fine-tuned? That's a, that's always hard to tell, and I think a yeah. lot of that actually goes to the, the back half of that where you say, how well does everybody also blend together? Yeah, that makes Which, sense. There, therein lies the real issue, and I think that actually winds up determining my uh, score on that more than anything is really? how do you get – 15 people all recorded you know their timbres you kind of have to match them a little bit here and mm-hmm. when you're when you're all in the same room you can actually match that a lot easier than the sound guy listening oh, yeah. to him because he's not going to listen to all 15 people in the group and go okay now you all have the same timbre he's yeah. going to be thinking all pitches and everything so the pitches will be right but you'll notice it and really those uh top top tier albums you'll notice it when all of a sudden there is just this wall of sound that you yeah. go okay that's very well blended such that everybody is all on the same shot and you can just hear them. You're not hearing, not hearing 16 voices. You're hearing just a wall of sound at you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I think we've all heard those albums where it sounds more like, like you said, 16 or 15 individuals rather than a cohesive unit. And that's something that, uh, I've definitely, uh, struggled with in my groups in that most of my groups are, uh, my past groups have been five uh, five guy groups, five tenor bases. And when we're using mics, when we're performing, we're like, okay, should we sing right into the mics? And does that, and then does our output, like, does our sound get created through the output essentially, or do we all sing together into like one mic? And I'm, and I know that's not really what we're talking about, but I think it's a kind of ties into the whole issue of a group sound and how you translate that into a recording because that can be really difficult sometimes i would say i I think it's very difficult and i think it's very difficult to capture uh, a group's essence in that manner Mm -hmm. so i'd imagine kind of having to sift through it's not just a simple like i asked you i I was very like is it good or bad and you're like well okay it's a little more complicated so it sounds like this whole thing is a lot more multifaceted than just is it in tune or out of tune because i've seen both of those where it's just like yep it's in tune and it's live or it's not and then there's something where it's just out of tune whether it's studio or not and it's just then it's gout. So I think mm-hmm. uh, that I think that's some really good insight. And thank you for kind of uh, educating me right there and <laughs> giving me a little more insight to that. So that's uh, tuning and blend. What's the next one? Uh, that'd be your energy and intensity. Okay. How do you how do you do that one? 
Oh, uh, that one is all gonna. That one I feel like almost winds up more being. Uh, I don't want to say this. Like group cohesiveness and how well are they able to sell their own personality a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to tell like when you put it in intent in energy and intensity because there are so many different types of intensity. Yeah. If you've ever listened to, I mean, I was at the ICCA Great Lakes uh, semi, and it's the weirdest thing to watch. Fundamentally Sound is an all men's group from right here in Wisconsin. Meanwhile, watching them compared to the Voice in Your Head from Chicago, the winners of that even compared to the group that went right in the middle of them, which is the University of Michigan Amazing Blue. Mm -hmm. uh, and all three of them have very different energies. Some are a little more fun. Some are incredibly musically challenging and doing all sorts of cool things. And then some are doing more of this darker sound that is more towards the story. And all gotcha. three of them, you say their energy is amazing for all three, but you can't just say the this these guys have the most energy when it's just no theirs is a more fun set and these guys yeah. are more serious it sounds almost like it's maybe energy is a little broad maybe it's almost like commitment in a sense if you know what your group's identity and what their sound is and energizing that and like committing to that rather than just like oh these guys were like um or this group was really like upbeat on stage and they were very into it because that's obviously something you can you know part of that it seems like you can just get from watching but you know I, I think we've all heard acapella recordings where we're just kind of unimpressed with or it doesn't sound like the group is really committed or there or there's not a lot of like oomph behind their sound not necessarily loudness or um but like a commitment to all the things that make an acapella performance successful you know proper dynamics blending etc 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 and i agree yeah so i that, that's really interesting because it seems like you know the theme of this so far with just these two is that it's not just on a scale of one to ten but it's like different categories that are being rated on a scale whether okay because you know intensity does that mean you're getting really quiet and getting like on like a ballad or something and really just getting but intensely quiet and letting the quiet and the silence like represent the intensity or are you just you know, full Bruno Mars wailing it. So I, that 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 sounds like it sounds like your job's a lot harder than uh, people might make it out to be. It's not just yeah, this is a five out of ten. It's like no, these are uh, multifaceted yeah. categories with different interpretations. It's very it's very interesting, and you kind of watch all of our different reviews, and I think that's why they have three of us review it. It used to actually once upon a time be five people, but that's that gets a lot harder. Yeah. Um, but even with three people, you'll look at this and you'll say, wow, we have three very different opinions on the same album yeah oh that's interesting this is the most interesting one i've got it was a review i did of um a group called banana boat i don't know if you've heard of them i don't but i they, love that name holy crap they are they are i believe they're polish that would make more uh, sense yes it's it is yeah they're polish and they did an entire song of sea shanties Ooh. I like that. It was oh. it was hilarious. And I remember looking at this album, and you kind of first hear this and you go, Well, that's not what I originally thought. <laughs> and it's really and it's really funny because there were three of us and we had three very different things. And you if you go on our website, you can actually look up this review. Mm-hmm. I will. And and the kind of the thing to know is that uh first off give you a quick correction, the score is actually all out of five. Everything is one to five. Gotcha. 
But anyway, so the ma- the funny thing to take away from it is that one person gave it a two, one person gave it a three, <laughs> and I gave it album of the year. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, how so? Break that down. Unpack that for me. How does that work? It is sometimes you, these happen, and it's just very funny that uh, it's who sold the identity a little better, and sometimes we're all looking for a bit different things. Yeah, and mine it just. Mine, I had this whole identity wash over me that was like, you know, maybe this isn't the most creep or it isn't the most musically challenging. But man, it was like listening to a, uh, I almost want to say a Viking montage, even though it's the wrong country. <laughs> it's the wrong country in the wrong time. Were there not Polish Vikings? Probably not. Those were all Norway, right? I don't know anything yeah, about was, Vikings. That was, that was, I believe it was Norwegian. Yeah, I'm Norwegian. Uh, I should know that. Oh, well. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I kind of had this, like, you think sailors, and I had, like, this sailor road trip, like, mo- montage going on in my head as I'm listening <laughs> to this. And it's amazing to me. And I'm just like, this is a great idea for an album. And maybe, you know, some it doesn't quite resonate with everyone. And, and so it's always kind of interesting to see what happens and, you know, what are you going to get? Yeah, I mean, I think you made a really good point in the idea of, like, okay, we all have certain things we're listening for whether they and i think this comes back to what we're talking what you're what you were talking about in terms of like the multifaceted nature of these ratings and i think that also is like you know we human beings and their and our sense of taste for sound is a multifaceted thing i'm listening i can recognize that something's really well done and maybe i just don't feel there's a soul to it or maybe i don't feel that maybe i feel like it's very uh not outside the box i remember i was listening to some arrangement of uh, Mad World, I can't remember who it was by for the life of me, but they made a lot of use of unisons and octaves. And for me, I was just blown away by that because that's something I'm always wanting more of an acapella music. I, that's something I think is a great compositional and arranging technique. So for me, when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Someone else who might have heard that, maybe they're used to that technique or maybe they've heard that a lot. So maybe it doesn't resonate with them in the same way and maybe it's more basic for them but i think you're i think you're making a lot of strong points in that you know obviously you have three individuals reviewing and each of them have different acapella experiences and different ideas of quality and and that idea of quality like you've said is not one big stream or it's not a it's not one simple spectrum high to low it's very mm-hmm. multifaceted so i think that's I, I think i mean i think that it makes sense why you guys have three then because you get these really uh, different opinions. I know I've read reviews um, by you guys where some I'm like, oh yes, this is this makes sense. And others, and others I'm like, wait, why'd you give this a poor review? I love this. And so I think, I, I mean, I think that makes sense why you guys should have three then, because you oh, get, yeah. you get as many, um, I mean, just as many reactions as you can, and then you get a better sense of the bigger picture of how it imp- it'll impact the greater acapella audience. Yeah, and it's that is always one of the things that I love doing. Uh... You know, kind of one of the perks of being a reviewer is I can see the reviews as they're coming in. So every once in a while, I'll just go and take a look. It's like, ooh, this album's here. I wonder how it's doing. And then you look at it and you go, it got that score? And then you wind up, <laughs> and then you wind up reading the reviews. And after you read them, you listen again. And you go, okay, I can see why you yeah. did that. And I'm sure people do the same thing for me and go, really? You gave that a five or you gave that a three and any number of things. And mm-hmm. then you listen and you can go, okay, I see why you did that. I don't agree with it, but... You know, that's but why then, we do that. and, and that's and that for me is why I like Rarb so much. In that, I feel it's not just like a blanket stamp, yay or nay, but it is. Hey, this is what our interpretation was. This is why we 
thought it was, this is our support for that interpretation, our reaction to that. And for me, when I read these, I mean, I listen, just like you said, I listen to the music in a different way and I feel like I'm listening for different things. And then I feel like my uh, way of listening to acapella, my, my understanding of it is expanded. So it's, it's more than just like um, quality, but it is giving me an insight into how to listen to the music, which I think is so great. Oh yeah. Boom. And I always, I always wind up with all sorts of weird things and, you know, you kind of always think, okay, I'm going to get, you know, what's new in college and I'm going to get yeah. all, the, all these college groups. And we have that, you know, groups will always submit their albums every year, anytime they come out with a new one. And so sometimes you get the college groups. And then I always think it's really fascinating to see what changes uh, when oh, you yeah. go on to the next level. Because yeah. Banana Boat, like I said, they're not, they're not scholastic in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get... You get all sorts of things. I was also laughing. I got uh, Maybe Bop. I'm sure you've. Oh yeah. You're familiar kind of with them. I got their Christmas album. Ooh, how was that? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I it's great. That. Uh, <laughs> but I was I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I'm listening to German power rock Christmas carols. <laughs> well, tap that off the bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I would love to rock out to that. I need more acapella Christmas albums. I'm too busy listening to the straight no chaser classics um so that's awesome oh, dude you can't go wrong with that one. <laughs> no you can't for any three i think four now i can't remember how many christmas albums they have out um sweet well we're gonna take a quick break because we're just blazing along listening to all this fun man we could talk about this for a long time and i feel like we're going to because this is really beneficial for me and i think this is really uh great for our listeners to get a better sense of rarb and the internal process so we're going to take a quick break and listen to a tune uh steven selected for us so i believe we're going to listen to delaware vocal point and what are we going to be listening to them sing steven all right uh this song is break free and this is uh i believe it's the song i gave uh track of the year to uh in 2015 so Sweet. Let's take a listen. This is Delaware Vocal Point singing Break Free, and you've been listening to Tacapella, and we're going to be right back. I was under your spell 
listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. And welcome back to Tacapella here on Acaville Radio. That is a tongue twister. Tacapella on Acaville Radio. Tacapella on Acaville Radio. It's it's because the P's and the V's. That that gets tricky. I that's why I I mess it up so many times in the recording where I'm like weekly talk show on Taka Acaville and I never get it right. I've I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've told people the incorrect name of the show or the station. People aren't sure which is which sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, we've been talking with Stephen Lanza, who we've been talking to all about Rarb, and we're just kind of going through the different ratings and the different categories and how you rate uh, a tune, an album, uh, which has been super fun so far. I'm learning a lot. We just listened to uh, Delaware Vocal Point sing Break Free, which, Stephen, you said you gave Track of the Year. Is that correct? I Yes, I voted that Track of the Year for 2015. Boom. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep hearing about these. So, Stephen, I believe you said the next category was innovation. Uh, how do you define innovation? Oh, that's always a little interesting. Uh, yeah. I think as you kind of notice in acapella music, uh, the biggest thing I've noticed is that it's not – big it's not it's never big strides yeah like there it's never this huge change that happens between the years it's someone took something very similar to what exists and then tweaked a few things mm-hmm. and made it their own yeah that sounds right to me so what are what what are some examples of like that you have seen as like wow that was innovative uh, innovative innovative regardless if it was a small or big stride uh I mean, the one I was talking about was Banana Boat. Yeah. That was Aquarial. Uh, and that one was that one was just ridiculous. Of it's, it's Polish sea shanties. And it's something that you never quite think, oh, that's, you know, we're just going to do that every other Tuesday. Uh, it's yeah. so out of the blue. And so they were able to do it. And, and that's why I think it was one of these really cool things of it's something new. It's something fun that you get a whole story for. Yeah, because I think how i see it a lot if you know you're not a person who tunes into uh acaville or reads rarb or you know is going to iccas uh, you know the average joe whether they do acapella or not like on a college campus uh they get very saturated with their campuses or their communities interpretation of acapella however many groups that is it's really easy to just get kind of okay these are the styles i know and that was me at when I was in my undergrad at the University of Puget Sound, there were three groups, then I made a fourth. And the style I got, with the style there, um, was was pretty consistent. When I made my group, we're like, okay, we're going to try and do something different. But I, but I think the average person generally, uh, it, the danger in, you know, acapella as an art form uh, is we want to make sure no one's ever, you know, bored with it. And I think acapella is an art form that lends itself to innovation and cool things with arranging and reworking songs, whether you're changing the genre or you're just uh, gender bending the solo, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, you know, it's great for people like you and I, when we're listening to um, cool acapella innovations, cause we're like, Oh, Hey, this is something new. This is a new experience. It's a new way to experience or listen to acapella. But it's almost like, I feel like even more important for the average person who maybe is like kind of into uh, acapella because we want uh, the broader opinion, the broader conception of acapella to always be incredibly innovative and multifaceted because we want to always be bringing people in. And that's kind of how I see it. We want to oh, yeah. have people just break out of where I was in my bubble. Just, Oh, these are the acapella groups I listen to. We want everyone to be exposed to so many different 
uh, ways of acapella and ways of doing acapella. So when I hear something innovative like that for me, when I did my uh, the little bits of rating and um, uh, yay or nay approving here at Acaville for some of the tracks, that that I, I feel like that's a deeper like cultural like kind of importance. It goes beyond just hey, this is cool to listen to. It becomes hey, this could get someone who's kind of into acapella even deeper into acapella, or could bring more people in. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the other really cool things that kind of adds into that new making things new and interesting and it's you're definitely seeing it a lot more nowadays and i've reviewed a couple of these uh i think the best one i have right now is not too sharp from university of new hampshire oh on yeah, their, yeah uh on their most recent album current they had a song uh called sleepless and i remember listening and thinking wow this is a pretty cool song like i like this song and i mm-hmm. looked at and you kind of look it up real quick you look in the album cover it's like okay so who's the original artist on this because we all kind of say it you know we originally performed by this person and you look at it, it says originally performed by not too sharp hey. and you realize and yeah so i'm starting to, every once in a while you get original tracks starting to come through yeah i agree we actually did a whole episode all about acapella originals and i love acapella originals we've done a couple in my group uh, arranged by friends of mine and those um again that's just another way that's going to get some that's another little hook that might get someone oh, yeah. into acapella and i think it's i think it's a great like it shows the evolution of the genre it's not just we're not just like a, a cover thing, you know, it's not just mm-hmm. we're covering this. We are innovating and creating new music. And that's, that's awesome for me. So do, do, would you say you yeah. rate songs that are original tunes, uh, really high on innovation? Uh, I mean, that's tricky because of... if it's, what if it's not, what, even if it's original, what if it's not that innovative? <laughs> we have an original four chord song. Um... <laughs> Uh, again that that's all really hard to tell and i think one of the nice things that i kind of try and do is i don't i don't want to look at the track list i don't like thinking okay this song was originally performed by taylor swift i don't want to think this was originally performed by the weekend and if you always try and think of it as this is you know this is not too sharp song this is vocal point song and it makes it a little bit easier to always say okay this is how I'm going to judge it and how am I thinking of it? Not so much as this is not too sharp doing a cover of yeah. this song. Yeah. I think that's a healthy perspective that kind of keeps it all uh, in line. That That's a good way of looking yeah, at it. I'd say it's, it's a little hard some days, you know, all of a sudden you look at the track list and go, Oh dude, that's one of my favorite songs. And then you go, wait, don't think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think that speaks to the larger issue of like internal bias. Like I said, when I was listening to that cover of Mad World and they did octaves and whatnot, they, there could have been other things in there that weren't that great or were just kind of not as innovative. And I was like, no, but the octaves and the unisons, man, that's all, that's all, that's all I was thinking of. So I think mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like you have, you know, you have to keep yourself pretty grounded and occasionally rein in. It's, you know, anyone who's reviewing has to rein in their own, uh, biases um, based on whatever you know spheres of acapella they've been in. So I'd imagine that can be kind of challenging. Yeah, that's uh, that is always one of the big <laughs> things. And so therefore, you know, there kind of is that. Then there is that kind of descriptor of when you send in an album. It's like, do you know anybody on the board? Oh, just beca- just because you know, if by some happenstance somebody from the University of Missouri sends in their album, it's like, hey, we're gonna give it to Steven. Then I have to go. I know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even think of, like, the social implications of something like that. That's, yeah. that must be hard. Ouch. It, do, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, 
but it still happens. So yeah, every, every <laughs> once in a while you hear it or like you see an album that's like, oh, I saw that live. And yeah, then you're you know you're just even slightly you're just kind of skewed one way or the other. So just, I, just I, the hair. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four. You said uh, the fourth category was uh, soloist. Is that right? Soloist. Okay. Soloist. That's how. How do you do that? Is um, I'm assum- I'm assuming based on the themes we've been talking about so far, it's not just whether it's good or whether it's bad. How do you interpret uh, your rating? How do you decide your rating for a soloist? I I mean soloist. I feel like that's the most cut and dry. Really? Out of all okay. Of these. It's just is just are they a good soloist? And it's are you feeling their emotions? It's in the same it's in the same stream as whenever you go to an acapella an icca competition ichsa any of these competitions and you're seeing who is the outstanding soloist and you start thinking well they had their voice just had this timbre that rang for days they had these really cool little vocal turns Mm -hmm. and then it's the girl out front who just absolutely pulls your heart out on stage and stomps on it you go well there's your outstanding soloist right there my theory (laughs) my theory is with any of the icca uh um special awards whether it's specifically for soloist or a vocal percussionist if they want if there's a like after you step like a certain number of feet in front of the group you're officially like really like whether to do your solo whether to do your beatbox fill like after you're certain like five or more feet beyond a certain point from your group then you are just like very clearly like i want this this is my audition for this part my audition for this award almost <laughs> yep <laughs> it's very obvious. I, did vocal, I did vocal percussion for years in college and you walk out and you're just like i have a mic in my hand I will be heard. Yep. You're like, okay, here we go. Hello, everyone. Here is my, here is my audition for outstanding vocal percussion. Um, well, that yeah, that makes sense with uh, with Solst. I guess that it's a little more cut and dry. Um, you know, I think it, what is, and, you know, I think this is obviously a big theme throughout this whole thing. Is like, what's it like? Uh, you know, not when you're just listening versus seeing. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the whole time, but like when it comes to a soloist, for me, I like. I genuinely like to see, okay, are they expressive? Are they, uh, you know, moving with the song? Or they don't have to be moving, but are they uh, are they physically engaged so that I feel that the song, they're, they are physically engaged in a way that reflects their emotional engagement in the song? I'm wondering how you kind of, I'm wondering how, how you rate something like that, essentially, that, that kind of deeper level. And if that's something that comes through as much in a recording. Surprisingly, it does come through on a recording. Um, okay. It it's in the, it's in that same kind of vein as like how does the energy of a group come yeah. through on a recording? Yeah, it's in that sense. exact same style of, you know, they can do all the levels and everything. They can't. You can crank up the volume on it. You can say let's make the tenors louder. Mm-hmm. But even then, singing at uh, piano volume is going to have a different intensity than if you're singing the same thing at mezzo forte. And it's that yeah. same exact concept. It's when they're on the stage, you know, you'll hear it coming through the microphones. You say, wow, that's, you know, it's this secret they have that they're sharing with you. They're, yeah. you know, you can feel them heartbroken. And it's as soon as they come on to the record on the recording, you can tell, oh, yeah, in the studio, they are completely committed to making yeah. the solo happen. They're committed to breaking your heart on stage. They're, you know, they're selling we have the night let us let's be together they're selling any number of emotions and those who can sell it best that's who you're thinking for solos 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think there's definitely this idea of studios and um, studios and like stages being these completely separate spheres. And obviously they are serving different kinds of, uh, they're being utilized in different ways for different kinds of products, you know, live versus, you know, a very clean recording. But I think that makes a lot of sense in the, uh, your opinion makes a lot of sense. And like, hey, you still have to like be doing everything just you know, in a different setting, you still have to be selling it uh, emotionally, physically. That's why I think, you know, we see re- uh, videos of people recording in studios. They're still moving around. They're still trying to be as engaged as they can. So I think that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, that uh, your interpretation, you know, what you said is kind of a good uh, way to view these things and kind of break down the idea of studios and stages being these very separate ideas because because we're trying to get the same thing. We're trying to get, you know, even though a recording is different than a live performance, we're still trying to basically just be good at what you're doing when it comes down to it. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going into that melding of even the stage and the recording studio. And nowadays that's even becoming more and more blended. It's yeah. not, it's like I said, uh, Elon university ripcord. And even I believe the sweet signatures did this as well, but they would just record their entire set. Yeah. Like they will go to a concert and everybody has mics nowadays, and you can put it all through a soundboard, and then all of a sudden just Got somebody hits the record button. Somebody hits the record button, and hey, we've got – I think they did about a half an album was what I think they did in their last album. That's, but even that's then, pretty great. Even then, one of the tracks actually was, I believe, the last track of uh, Best of College Acapella 2016, Boca 2016, was um, One of Heartbreaks. And that must be really nice to have that kind of – when you're listening to other compilations and stuff, or just when you're listening to stuff in general, it's really nice to have a high quality live recording because it is just a different kind of beast and it is just a different uh, kind of performance and sound, even though it's, you know, these things are coming closer. It's nice when that kind of, uh, I think it's just refreshing when I hear like a really well done live performance. It reminds me and reassures me that, you know, acapella is not just a studio art and that it can Mm -hmm. be done well, you know, professionally done well, even if you're not, uh, in a studio trying to, you know, nail down every little thing. I remember for um, our other show, um, Spotlight, we had, uh, we did the same thing. Uh, Straight No Chaser did a run through of uh, I'm Yours and they were just, it was at a live thing and they just were singing to their mics. And then that was the recording that they used for, um, for, our, for our episode. And it was great because it just had a very, I've heard both the original or I've heard that, you know, the recording from their album. And then I hearing this, uh, performed, it was great. Different energy, different kind of uh, performance, but still giving a, you know, still recognizing, hey, we have to do all the same things we're doing in the studio as we're doing live, etc., vice versa, on and on. So um, that's pretty great, I would say, when when you can have that kind of blended nature and when they can serve, performances can serve different uses, you get recordings, you know, it's all great. Um, all right, what was the next category? Uh, next one's one of the fun ones. This is sound and production. Okay, I know nothing about this. I use Audacity to edit this show, and I'm not great with it. Please tell, tell sound production. Please just knowledge dump and teach me <laughs> how you determine what's good and what's not. Oh, that's that's the fun part. Is that literally it's it's almost impossible to tell because I mean nowadays we have so many different studios that everybody goes to. I mean, there's the ones that you know that you kind of just know of off the top of your head uh well you know if you're if you're an acapella nerd yeah there's liquid fifth uh the vocal company we all kind of know stuff that comes out of there um uh geez 
I'm trying to think of uh, Sled Dog, I think was one that was good. And then Plaid Productions mm-hmm. is the one yeah. I was thinking of. And they're all so different. Well, what what are the differences and how do those come through in recordings? You know, it's it's all a little bit at the discretion of the guy who's mixing the darn thing. Really? It's, okay. Oh, yeah, because I'll listen to a couple different albums by the same or from the same studio. Mm-hmm. And even then you listen to it was like, you know, these have been mixed three very different ways, despite, you know, maybe it's the same guy because it's yeah. who's influencing him. How do these arrangements play out? Uh, Some arrangements yeah. just play differently for production values. That makes um, sense. I, I mean, when you think about it, the Nor'easters have a very different production sound than say eight beat measure from RIT. Yeah. yeah. And then conversely, the one that I was thinking of that actually kind of popped in my head was a group I reviewed called Rock Shalom. And hopefully oh, yeah, I'm saying yeah. that close to correct from the University of Maryland. And for whatever reason that made it so interesting to me is that their sound was just brighter mm-hmm. and it and even just a little bit natural group timbre being a little bit brighter all of a sudden everything plays differently all the sounds are yeah, different that makes and it's, sense all of a sudden you're hearing far more alto than you're used to hearing you're hearing these middle voices and the upper voices in uh you know more embellished than you're mm-hmm. used to hearing but you go you know the production's different but it's still good it just sounds different i mean that's and some yeah that that yeah. seems like the that seems like the theme of this episode not it's not quality or you know high or low quality but it's just different versions of high quality so that must be nice hearing like uh is there a company you even though like you said there you know depending on the guy doing it which would would is there a company that you prefer a uh arranging or a um, not arranging company a studio that you prefer a certain sound from there's well for a couple reasons <laughs> i'm not going to say one uh, okay that's one fair just, for one is you know i don't want to I don't want to say I love them when they all come from XYZ studio. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get you. I don't want to say that just for, <laughs> yeah, just because I think that's, I think that's a can of worms you don't want to open, <laughs> but you know, and it's also not to say that any studio is bad. That's mm-hmm. kind of the other way I want to say it is I don't want to say that, you know, again, XYZ is better than Acme. I don't want to say that any studio is better than the others. And especially because I know it's a very interesting thing that happens to a lot of collegiate groups more than anything is man these albums are expensive yeah and that's something that yeah 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 and so i when i was in ad and the university of missouri we went to a studio called cedar box studios mm. and i highly doubt you've heard of them nope <laughs> really doubtful it's it was a place in st louis that you know a couple of our members had worked with before mm. and it's not you know he's done vocal music before but it's not going to be the guys who do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, he does He does all sorts of stuff. But we still listen to it, and I still love some of our recordings. So I'm just like, this is great stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is music that I still love to listen to. And you feel a little conceited, you know, listening to yourself going, <laughs> right. yeah, I nailed that drum part. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is kind of one of these things is that it doesn't take the best studio in the world to get the yeah. best sound. And having... I mean, I think at some point having, you know, a very bad studio might come back to bite you. But as long as there's, you know, you have some level of quality within the studio and it's whatever you want it to be, if you guys can figure out how to do it. Then... That's, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense for you. I've never recorded an acapella album. Uh, 
an acapella album. So that makes sense to me that, yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I'm learning a lot. This is what I love about yeah. this show. I just get to learn so much knowledge about so many different things in acapella for totally free, which is great. I was going to say, it's also very interesting to watch, you know, different groups in the studio. And I'd love to see, like, I'd love to just like follow around like the SoCal oh, yeah. vocals and watch them in the studio. Like that just take be... notes in the background. Like, don't mind me. I'm just here with a pen yeah. and a notebook. And I'm just going to watch oh, you. Man. I would like pay to do that i mean not pay that much but definitely i mean you'd learn so much just from watching how the pro you know both from the uh, perspective of the uh, vocalists and from the perspective of the people you know mixing uh mixing the whole thing i have to imagine you learn so much so quickly from doing that oh yeah it takes a couple of shots and and at the same time you know for as much work as you're putting in it's still a lot of fun we did it yeah i mean we did this it was Oh gosh, it was Christmas break. Like we had all, I guess winter break really more mm-hmm. better term, but we had just all left for winter break and we're all hanging out in St. Louis for four days. And I think at that time the Hobbit had just come out Ooh. like the first Hobbit movie. <laughs> so we watched it. Like we watched this and the last day we were like, guys, we have another morning in the studio, but we pretty much recorded everything. Can we just take the Hobbit song and like nice. make that? And so we did. That's like the bonus track in this album is just, all of our bases and baritones kind of figured out misty yeah, mountains. This'll work. They figured out how to do misty mountains, and oh, I fell crazy. asleep like in this. I fell asleep while they're doing this. And I woke up like an hour great. later, and all of a sudden, like someone plays, and I'm just like, "What is this? <laughs> like, this is us. This is awesome." That's great. <laughs> uh, sweet. So we're gonna take one more break. We're almost done on this week's episode of Talk Pella. We're talking all about Rarb and with Stephen Lanza, and this has been super fun. We're gonna be right back here, Stephen. I believe we're gonna listen to uh, Rochester After Hours. What tune are we gonna be hearing? All right, this here is Samson, and again, going with that, trying to get some of the songs that I've really been influenced by during Rarb. Uh, this here is the song that I gave uh, honorable mention to for album of the uh, for song of the year in 2015. Boom. So this is the runner up to the last one. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to listen to that and we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. Okay. 
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock on our app, on TuneIn Radio, and online at acaville.org. And we are back here on Tacapella talking all about RARB, the recorded acapella review board, with Stephen Lanza, one of their reviewers. We've been talking a lot about all the different categories that an album is rated on. And the last one we have is repeat listenability. So Stephen, give us your quick spiel on that. Well, I think that one's one's kind of a fun one. That is literally when the last song in the album ends, how likely are you to hit play again? Yeah. So what are, what are the things that you think make you want to, that for you personally, you make you want to listen to a song again? Oh gosh. Any number of things. Uh, You know, it's any album that kind of does well overall you want to hear that soloist again that just was amazing in that last song you want to hear this arrangement again um i think a lot of that like even the two songs that we played earlier today and playing uh break free break free was just a great arrangement that i love so much and samson the soloist is amazing it sounds like repeat listenability is like the result the score you'd almost give that is a result of all the other cat the previous categories like if there's a great soloist, if the arrangement's great, those are the things that want that make you come back. And if there's something in one of those that hooks you, that's what's going to give repeat listenability. It's almost it's an, it almost sounds like an extension of the other scores, or at least one of those other scores. Would you say that's accurate? I think in a lot of ways it is kind of uh, that uh, seeing how everything came together and played really well. Um, I think in sometimes there's little variations in that, but. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially like EPs are always a little harder. Oh yeah. Because if if the album is, you know, five songs long as opposed to one that's ten, mm-hmm. you're seeing going well. That's just another fifteen minutes. Yeah. As opposed to thinking it's another thirty or forty, and that's that will influence things. But at the same time, 
I'll listen to the same EP 16 times in a row yeah. if it's amazing. So I did that with Straight No Chasers uh, six pack. I love that one. I did. Uh, I had an album reviewed not too long ago that was University of Michigan Maze Mirchi. That was a very interesting album where they took their ICCA set from the year uh, from that year actually, and they just recorded it. And so it was a very interesting review. But the point that I was kind of getting to was that when they did this whole song, the essentially the show took the opening thought, like the opening phrase, mm-hmm. and it just shifted minor by the end. So it was really weird when you're listening to this thing and you've heard so much go on and then you get to the last song and you go, that sounds really familiar. And then you hear them stop for a split second and then you hear that exact same phrase again in a major key about a third up and you go, oh, interesting. Well, that's where I heard it before. That's very interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things. Uh, what some of these groups do nowadays is uh, unreal sometimes. I don't know if you've heard the new album from Voices in Your Head. I have not yet. I need to. Oh, my gosh. You need to. That That is a travesty. That was a great album to listen to. I will listen I didn't to it review right that after. one, unfortunately. Yeah, but one of the really cool things that you'll notice is the entire album wraps together to the point that the it ends on like a drum roll. Mm-hmm. But the drum roll starts the entire album as well. Oh, that's cool. So you're listening to it and all of a sudden you go, how did I get back on track three? I thought I was on track 12. Ah, and oh, it takes that's you about cool. three tracks to catch in where you're at again. You go, wait, I never heard this thing stop. It's really cool. That's awesome. I definitely want to hear that. Which album was that? Voices in your head? Uh, Lights, I believe is the name of that album. Sweet. It's their one they released last year. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have heard uh, individual tracks from it, just not the whole thing. All right, sweet. So I'm pretty sure that's all the time we have today. Steven, thanks so much for coming on this episode. It's been awesome to dig into the world of RARB and how you go about creating the reviews you do and that whole process and all the intricate, multifaceted uh, categories. That's been awesome. So thank you again so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have you. Thanks for having me out. Absolutely. All right, everybody, you've been listening to Tacapella. I'm John Lampus. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, you can tweet me at John Lampus. But more importantly, tweet us at Hockerville Radio. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, email us, all the infos on the website. Uh, Stephen, if people want to get a hold of you and see what you're all about, how could they do that? Well, let's see. Uh, the main place that I'm working for, RARB, right now, uh, you can just find us on RARB, which is R-A-R-B uh, .org. So it's the Record Acapella Review Board .org. Uh, so you can go ahead and find all of our reviews there, find out information about all of us. So if you wanted to also email me and talk directly, you know, some of my thoughts on these, uh, I believe my email through the board is um, slanza, my last name, at rarb.org. And you can go ahead and reach out to me if you want to and talk more about this, uh, you know, hear more about some of my reviews. And even if you want, you can reach out to the whole board itself. And if you want to become a reviewer, go for it. Boom. That sounds pretty awesome. I would love to do that if I had time. Uh, <laughs> sweet. So, uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Talkapella. Steven, thank you again so much for coming on. This is Acaville Radio's weekly talk show, Talkapella. And for everything Acapella, stay tuned. And put up a parking lot With a big hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got Till it's gone in the paradise
She took my girl away Now don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone The gate paradise and put up a parking lot Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone The gate paradise and put up a parking lot Why not they pay paradise and put up a parking lot 